What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Rideshare Rodeo, Uber Lyft driver, and gig economy news. Presented by UberLiftDrivers.com, RideshareRodeo.com, WithPara.com, and a whole bunch of guests who all have their own things going on tonight. And uh, um, I'm gonna we're gonna move into the uh, conversation about app-based delivery platforms here. And on the other side, I'm going to give all their information. And in the linear notes of the show, I'll put all their information. Um, But, uh, yeah, um, bear with us in the first few minutes of this um, recording because I'm having to bring everybody on. And uh, I have never had – we've never had seven guests on the line at once before. It took me a few minutes. So uh, if you can just bear with us. just the first few minutes as some introductions are going on, uh, and we're bringing everybody in. Um, but yeah, uh, we're going to go with that. And then on the flip side, I'll come back. Well, we can, we'll start, Jason will join. I'm sure Jason will join in here. Um, but we'll start without him just cause I, you know, we got a little bit of a, a I want to cover this topic cause I think that, uh, I think that a lot of people ask and I think that a lot of people, hi Marissa, um, I think that a lot of people, uh, are confused by market to market thing. And so I, I want to go through this a bit with all you guys. So right now we have, um, Ron and myself are in Colorado, David's in California. We have Jason P from Idaho and Larry from, uh, Bowling Green, Kentucky. Um, and we are waiting for, uh, Jason T from Michigan. Gig Economy podcast, but so real quick rundown of everybody, and I was just gonna like let you uh, say something, you know, say hi to everybody, and we'll get moving, but uh, and say what you know, maybe your links, but I got your links here too. So for me, you know, you know, you guys know me, Rideshare Rodeo, been driving for over six years, UberLiftDrivers.com. We got David Pickerell from WithPara.com. We got Ron from EntreCourier.com. We got Jason P from Boise, Idaho, um, Drive to Win um, on YouTube. You can find him, and uh, and I'll put all the all these links will be in the linear notes today or tomorrow. Um, we got Larry from Bowling Green, Kentucky, Lifting with Larry. Um, he's got LiftingWithLarry.com and his podcast. Um, and oh, the same thing with uh, Andre Courier too. Um, I know Ron's podcast is coming back too. And then soon we will we won't have John tonight from upstate New York, but we will have Jason here in a few. So um okay, so I wanted to like I guess the first thing we should just do is I guess we can just go around like I'll just take it by state uh letter. We'll go alpha alphabetical state and just kinda you know, what you know, what you've done in terms of so when I get to you just maybe like when you know when you started doing it, uh, are you still doing it? Did you pause during the pandemic? We'll get into the pay stuff in, a, in the structure in a minute, but just kind of like some kind of background on you and how long you've been doing this or whatever. And uh, and then again, plug your thing, and then we'll move into the conversation here. But um, so Ron, Colorado, or J- David, California, sorry, I can't spell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> David, you can kick us off here. Cool. So I've uh, recently been doing DoorDash uh, in San Francisco. It's been quite busy, sort of constant peak pay here. 
other than sort of the last four or five weeks, I'd taken, I stopped sort of delivering, call it right around that Christmas, New Year's time. So it's been uh, a little bit of time in between, uh, in between things, but I've been pleasantly surprised at how busy it is here. Uh, you know, I've done DoorDash, Instacart, Uber Eats. I uh, and actually just got activated for Lyft today, but haven't done a trip yet. So that's me. For for food or for rideshare? For rideshare. Okay. Um, I hope this is Jason. I don't know if it is or if it's just somebody thinking they're joining in, but we're about to see. Uh, about okay, about so time. There you go. <laughs> can can you use something other than this like ghetto at like what are we doing here? Just, like, well, because it's all it's always worked, man. I mean, oh, I've never I gotta, had, you, I've never had gotta, to do this backwards. Sorry about that. Yeah, you got to listen to my crappy Bluetooth now. Well, he's actually sound okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> I can't tell. Yeah. Um so well, there's Jason from Michigan Jason. from Gig Economy Podcast. Yeah, thanks for having um, me. Sorry, I'm a little late. Just thought we could get in on the No, no, my, my bad. You know, what I was, I don't know if you heard, Jason, but what I was saying is I, when I did this with Morad in London, and this is why I had to send you that file to help me clean it up, because it was so off because I had to do it this way, but I had to host the podcast through this um, on my phone, on my app so that he can mm. get on his computer and use his rig, and that made no sense to me at all. No. That's so strange. if I'm hosting through my phone, you can come on through a computer. But if I'm hosting through the computer like I do you, I guess you can't come on through a computer. It makes no Interesting. sense. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's bizarre. Um, but anyway, so, okay, David, you also have with Para too, which we'll talk a little bit here in a little bit because I want to talk about that too. Um, we got Ron. So Ron is in Colorado. Um, Ron? <laughs> yeah. So I've been on. Uh, yeah, I started back in 2018 with Uber Eats and then eventually kind of rolled in Grubhub, DoorDash, Postmates, and uh, then started uh, EntreeCourier.com, which focuses more on the business of doing delivery. So I really try and mm -hmm. focus on just all the different business topics and, and especially focus on treating it like a business, because if they're going to contract us like a business, then then let's take advantage of our rights as business owners and things like that. Uh, I think back right. in the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, I think I, be I believe one of the things you were just hinting at, we all agree with here that we all want to say yes. independent contractors. Part of this group is that so. <laughs> Yes. This is not yes. a group that wants to be AB5. No, no, not at all. Um, so back in the pandemic, I know I took a few weeks off, I think, right when it was kind of at the height of the whole shutdown and everything, um, just, just for safety reasons and everything, and uh, kind of gave myself an excuse to work a little more on the website and everything, too. And then uh, kind of took another break uh, at the end of the year. Uh, mostly we were just, uh, our family, you know, we, we had Thanksgiving all screwed up by, uh, uh, quarantine and we wanted to do a big Christmas. And so it's kind of like everybody just quarantined themselves just to make sure that nothing's going to mess it up. So, um, so I've been, I sat out a couple of different times, 
and uh, kind of, you know, moved back into it a little bit since then. But. Yep. But you're still bringing the podcast back too. So we know that. Yes. Happening. Yes. I'm, I'm hoping next month to uh, start cranking that back up again. And that's the deliver on your business podcast. So we kind of nice. finished season one at the end of the year. And uh, so hoping to kind of do a couple special things with season two as we started out. So I'll be rolling that out here in a couple of weeks. Nice. And uh, Jason P. Idaho, Drive to Win 13 on YouTube. What's up? <laughs> hey, yes. Yeah, so I have been doing gig work for about four years. Um, I do Postmates, Uber Eats, DoorDash, Shipped, Instacart, Uber, Lyft. I pretty much do them all. Um, right. I may have a somewhat unique perspective because um, I actually am not tied just to Idaho. That is my home base. Um, but I've actually been traveling around the country the last six months. Uh, I, I saw. I've been watching. Yeah. This is interesting. Yeah. It's uh, it's been pretty interesting. I was just in Hawaii um, uh, about a month ago no, doing it, no. and all the way down to the tip of Florida and all over the place. So, I mean, that's um, I too, that's amazing. They used to watch that so hard, and now you're here. You were working anywhere yeah. you went. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I I too do treat it very much like a business. Uh, this is what I do, and uh, I travel around helping all kinds of new people uh, one on one in all these very interesting places. As a matter of fact, I'm currently in Phoenix, Arizona uh, right now. <laughs> nice. Yep. It's just amazing that I mean, are none of the gigs turning you down in states or cities? No. Um, I had a little bit of an issue in some California with um, Instacart. I had to actually um, request through Instacart to be active in that city. Um, but the only thing that turns me down is passenger rides, so Uber and Lyft. Um, but any of the food delivery, grocery delivery, shipped, all that, mm. you just turn it on and away you go. Even Uber Eats? Yep, even Uber Eats. So Uber Eats is okay, but Uber Rideshare is not? Correct. As a matter of fact, <laughs> in, in the app, you know, you can choose whether or not to have Uber Eats or uh, passenger rides on when you're in your home state or your home city. However, when you're outside of your home city, it only shows Uber Eats. Uber passenger is not an option. Weird. Yeah. That's just strange. Um, I, yeah. I'm sure that's an insurance thing, but at the same mm -hmm. time, you're still, by Uber Eats, you're still insured per even when you're yeah. doing delivery. So it's by them, I mean, so it's weird. Yeah, it is weird. Um, we got Larry in Bowling Green, Kentucky, lifting with Larry. What's up, Larry? Hey, how's it going, Steve? <laughs> yeah. Good. How are you? I'm doing well. Doing well. So, yeah, I've been doing the gig work um, for about four years as well. Started in the summer of 2017, and started out strictly just doing ride share, um, lifting Uber. Didn't really get into the food delivery part of it until my son, who was in college up in near Cincinnati. He started doing uh, DoorDash, and they had a big bonus if you sign somebody up. So he signed me up, and I did, I think it was 100 deliveries to help him get a $600 bonus. Uh, that was kind of my entry into the food delivery part of it. But then I signed up with Grubhub, and now I pretty much do um, all the ride shares, my, my, kind of my, my main jam. Um, 
food delivery wise, I do Grubhub mainly and then DoorDash uh, occasionally and Uber Eats occasionally. But yeah, and that's something I want to hit on too, is that I saw you're back doing some ride share. So I I want to talk about that a little bit with, because I know some of these, a lot of these people on here, um, or four of us did ride share before food delivery platforms were even out. So, um, and, uh, absolutely last, but absolutely not least Jason P from, or T from Michigan. What's up, man? How's it Sorry going? About the I, fumble. I, yeah, no, that's okay. That's okay. I just like to use, you know, my nice equipment. You know what I mean? So, no, um, yeah, Jason from the Gig Economy podcast. And, uh, yeah, I've been doing rideshare uh, for about, uh, well, gig work for about, um, I don't know, like 2016. Okay. Yeah, it's about the same as me. Yeah. So. Yeah, so uh and I started out rideshare before the apps uh you know, like you said, before the apps uh offered food. But um yeah, right now I'm currently doing nothing. Uh people that don't know, I, I do full time gig work in the winter from like eh, November to about March and then I do lawn fertilization in the summer and I've kind of found that if I uh if I do tons of gig work in the summer too, I kinda of get burned out in the winter. So I've kind of just taken a step back and uh, not doing much right now. <laughs> See, and that's that's the, that's the kind of similarity that Jason and I have too. Like many of you said, like I, I, I and Jason too. Like we we both take this as our business and very seriously. But I mean, like when before the pandemic, I worked for a production company, so I could be gone for weeks at a time. And then when I'd come back, I'd still have this is my full time money earner. But I could step right. away from it for a week or or eight weeks or whatever and come right back to it without any punishment, nothing, and get right back on track. So, I mean, this was yeah. – it's almost was like a requirement for me because when I'm in Colorado, I mean, what else am I going to do? No job's going to give me time off every time I ask. Yeah, and that's perfect for me because um, I've been doing lawn care for 20 years, so I would always get laid off in the winter. My company doesn't snowplow, so I would always have to find, you know – pizza job or whatever but since this gig work came around it's great i just like basically shut down the apps for you know six seven months and fire them back up and get right back into it which is the greatest thing because it's no penalty no penalty (laughs) yes we want there's nothing held against you for doing that exactly exactly but in in regards to food delivery i definitely uh, i didn't take any passengers this past winter so all i did was food delivery and amazon flex and shift maybe, or did you not do shift? Yeah, you know, I did dabble shift at the beginning, and then I quickly realized again after like the third year that it's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. So I stopped yeah, doing I've, that. I've had a lot. It, I think again, hopefully, maybe we'll hit on something here. Maybe Jason uh, P up in Idaho has something to say about shift. Maybe somebody will have something good yeah. to say about shift because I hear a lot of bad things. Yep. Um, well, I got some good stuff about it. Yeah, you you do well with it. So only if you play the game right. Um, if if you go on there and you accept those four dollar, you know, two hour shopping experiences, uh, you're not going to win. Um, however, if you play the game and you go after the promos, so just last week I did twelve hundred dollars on shipped and. 
I only maybe worked 30 hours or so, but they had three different promos going, you know, do X amount and you get a bonus, not a guarantee, but a bonus of $150 or a bonus of $200 if you do 20 shops, um, things like that. So you definitely shipped is more of playing the game. Uh, it, it's not just turn it on and take whatever you get and hope you're going to make money. You, you got to really think it through. Don't you feel though that um, you still it's still a ton of work for the amount of work you're doing? I totally get that. I did the promo game too, but yeah. um, I just feel like you're walking around. It's stressful, you know. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just like, all right, this is this is too much for me. Yeah, so I, I agree. And since I do them all, I'm a pretty high um, active guy, I guess you could say. And I actually use both Instacart and Shipped as kind of my personal fitness gym kind of thought process um, because inevitably every time you accept an order that has five cases of water, it's on the third story apartment building, you know, and um, you know, with no access by elevator. Um, but uh, yeah, absolutely. It is definitely a lot of work, um, but um, it, it, it can be good and bad. Um, and again, you got to accept the right orders. I think we'll all agree on that. You got to accept the right stuff on any platform. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it definitely is a lot of work. There's no doubt about it. Well, and so I, that makes me wonder about certain things too. Like is, you know, in Boise, are you a little easier connected? Cause it's, it's somewhere mm-hmm. in between, you know, a small city and, yeah. you know, a medium city. It really is, but yeah. it's, and I've passed through, I know it's like, it's, it's laid out a little different than big cities like yeah. Denver, San Francisco. And, um, I mean, is it easier for you just to get to stuff, get it done quicker too? Cause a lot of us have to do all that kind of math in our head of, Oh, that's going to take. Yeah. And, oh, sure. and it's time of day. Yeah. So that's actually part of why I, um, started doing this around the country thing. Um, I've been traveling the last six months. I've, I've, like I said, I've been everywhere from Hawaii to Seattle to Miami, Florida. I bought a big motorhome to do it. I'm literally driving all over the country. And, um, because the biggest thing that people ask me through my YouTube channel is, Hey, what you're teaching or what you're explaining doesn't work in my city. Um, and so I just decided, you know what, I'm going to go see if it does work in your city. And, um, and every market, is absolutely different. There is no doubt about it. And it takes about yeah, two yeah. solid weeks of being in a location to figure it out. Um, you know, Boise, Idaho is about five, 600,000 people. Um, it's a college town and it is very spread out. So, you know, you might have 30 minute drive in your orders. Um, you know, mm-hmm. Seattle, Washington, one of the big issues I had there was um, high rise apartment buildings and no parking, you know, stuff, stuff like that. Um, in, in, in Hawaii, just a couple of weeks ago, um, it was all about, uh, resorts. I had, I had a heck of a time with resorts. Um, so yeah, you definitely got to know your city for sure and know exactly what you're doing, um, to, uh, be profitable at it. And like I said, it literally takes about two weeks, uh, to really figure out, um, how to do it in your city. So I already know the answer to this. I think I, I better know the answer to this. You were obviously uh, trailing your car. You weren't 
delivering in this RV, were you? <laughs> you know, I thought about doing a YouTube video and, and make that my, uh, my thing, but yeah, no, um, I, I have a Prius and I, and I put a, uh, a trailer on it. I have a 35 foot motorhome and then the trailer. Okay. So I'm a little bit longer than a semi when I'm driving down the road, but, um, yeah, I've actually so far this year in the year 2021, um, I've already done almost 24,000 miles, um, this year. I've been to Florida twice already. So Whoa. it's, um, it's pretty intense. I'm, I'm kind of pushing myself probably a little bit harder than I should, honestly. As a matter of fact, I'm going to be in, uh, Kentucky, um, up by Larry, um, in a couple weeks. Uh, yeah, a couple weeks. So I might, I might have to hang out with him for a little bit. Hey, nice. yeah, holler at me. We'll, we'll hang out a little bit. <laughs> yep, absolutely. <laughs> Um, so, okay. So then let's, this is what, like, so I get a lot of questions about, um, the same thing as you were just talking about, Jason, like, uh, you know, Hey, in my market, you can't do that. And then, but then I've even seen people in the same market that I know who I've known for a while that drive, who contradict that a little bit. And I know they all vary and I tell people this, but then I'll talk to somebody and say, is it true that you can't even do this down there? He's like, no, I'm doing this and it won't match up. So I know that there's some discrepancy there. I'm sure part of it being like what you were saying, the two week learning curve, you know, like maybe some people like all of us knew how to get through that and build a business out of it. You've done it in many cities now um, this summer. So you've kind of felt that a lot, but some people just aren't meant for this and aren't meant to learn the city and know how how to really hustle it and, You know, that's interesting that you say that because um, a lot of people have a very misconception of what this is um, and they don't realize that you have to work like it is a job and if you don't get up and go to work, you're going to get fired. Right. And if you don't get up and go to work, you're not going to make any money. Um, Mm -hmm. And I, I have been focusing on traveling around the country, actually helping people become new drivers and do it successfully and run it as a business. And it amazes me the lack of work ethic that a lot of people have as I try and help them with this. Um, and they, they don't, they just don't understand that it does. It is a job. It is not just deliver a pizza and make $30. That's not what it is. I don't know. I spend about uh, 10 or 15 minutes in the Facebook groups. And after that, I'm not amazed by anything anymore. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> it's like half of those groups are just thinking it's free money, you know, <laughs> and they would rather get the uh, uh, PPP than go out and make some money. <laughs> That's correct. Yeah. I think there's something, oh, yeah, you know, this, this whole, you know, every market is different and, and they are different. And, but, you know, the thing is, you learn how to work those markets. And, and Jason, I love what you're doing with that. But I think sometimes that becomes an excuse. I can't mm-hmm. do that in my market. You don't know my market. I can't right. do that. But the problem is, is they never tried. You know, yeah. they're, they're just, it's well, like, this is the way I have to do it. Markets. And that's my excuse. There, there truly are some markets where I agree. It is so yeah. flooded. It is so, I mean, 
I have painstakingly told people, hey, if you if you really put your time in, you'll make it. But I have seen a few markets that have been that tough to get in and make some money. Oh, sure. Um, sure. And I, you know, and that's and that's when I start wondering, like, because I mean, I think when we look at Southern California, I actually do know a lot of drivers down there who were making a ton, still put in the hours and just stopped making money. They don't want AB5. Yeah. But it's like uh, new people signed on and we're like, you can't make any money. Okay, well, then don't sign on. Well, I have just have one thing to say about that. You know, when, when you really think about it, um, each market um, might be different with different apps. Um, so as an example, when I was in uh, Orlando, Florida, I was having a heck of a time um, with uh, Postmates. Uh, I was trying to do a video on Postmates and I was just, because everybody was telling me you can't make any money on Postmates. So I went down there to quote unquote, prove them wrong. And what I found out people in Orlando don't use Postmates that much. I mean, I was struggling with it even after two weeks, but what I did do was I turned on Uber Eats and Uber Eats was flooded. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think just adapting to, you know, the city or the, the, uh, the customer base the demographic, um, one, one city might not be great on, um, food delivery, fast food delivery, but it might be great on uh, grocery delivery, you know? So that, right. that's, one of the, that's one of the tips that we always try to give out to people is don't put all your eggs in one basket, you know, download yep. all the apps, sign up for all the apps and have them in your back pocket. Even if you don't like doing that app, who knows, you know, you could get knocked off, you could get, you know, knocked off of Lyft or, or Postmates or something. And you want to have those other apps that you can fall back on. For sure. Yeah, I was down in L.A. Yeah. a couple of weeks ago and Postmates in L.A. does great. I think they yes. have like 60 or 70 percent of the market. Right. But it's only L.A. I was just shocked because I've never taken a Postmates trip here in God knows how long. Right. Yeah. Well, because DoorDash pretty much owns San Francisco, even over Uber Eats, right? Especially recently, DoorDash has been just constant three or four dollar peak pay per trip, uh nonstop, basically. Yeah, that's weird. I was I just saw an article today, um, it was in the San Francisco Chronicle that said, um I even post I had it here because it was uh I found it interesting. It said cell phone data shows uh Bay Area remains extreme when it comes to staying home during the pandemic and it says with uh, vaccines now widely available and pandemic restrictions loosening the u.s is opening back up but san francisco uh, san franciscans are moving more slowly to return to normal routines and get out of the house than any other city in the country i found that to be a little odd i mean i guess the other thing that I, I actually had a quick laugh because I was like, you know, with the up and down hills of San Francisco and the crowding, like, how do you know where they <laughs> actually are? <laughs> they might be out of the house, man. I don't know. Um, but like, okay, so for instance, um, pre-pandemic, Jason, I don't, Jason, Michigan, I don't even know if you were driving delivery pre-pandemic at all, were you? Uh, I was a little bit. I was doing um, not during like the summer because I did used to do uh, ride share in the summer. But in the winter, I would do um, a little bit of Grubhub. But, oh, my gosh, like Uber Eats or Postmates, you wouldn't touch that with a 10-foot pole. I mean, no one tipped. It was horrible. So Right, uh, and, and it was flooded without business. Right. 
Exactly. And uh, it just, yeah, food was not where the money was at. And let's face it, we all go where the money's at, right? So um, thankfully, the food delivery blew up during the pandemic, and uh, I didn't have to take passengers and hit my goal every day just delivering food and some Amazon. But even towards the end of, uh, like, February, I kind of quit Amazon and was just doing food delivery. But, yeah, not much, just a little bit of Grubhub um during the winter not much at all before pandemic well because jason idaho he he i remember i had him on the podcast and it was right as the pandemic was starting and he was like one of the first people i knew that like that day that rideshare died and because of the pandemic and the same day that food delivery went way as high as rideshare had ever been and rideshare was back to zero he pivoted like on that same day and got into all of them right away and yeah. I remember on the first podcast I had you on, Jason, that we talked about, like, you were getting, you know, those big tips that a lot of people were leaving for cash and all that. And then mm-hmm. it started, you know, and then obviously we all started, started seeing it die down. So, like, November to January, November 2019 to January 2020, I'm thinking that everywhere in the country, um, app-based or at, on-demand um, gig platforms that offered delivery, food services, all those platforms weren't making anybody money. All the drivers so, I knew who were doing delivery so, weren't really doing well. So, yeah. So one of the things that I did is I, I, I get very, uh, I don't know, maybe crazy. Um, but, uh, one of the things that I did pre pandemic was I would drive passengers up through bar clothes. Okay. And though I hated doing it, I would do that. But then the key for me was I would go ahead and turn on Uber Eats after bar close. Because now you have all the drunks at home ordering food. Mm -hmm. And all the drivers went home. So I could still utilize the surge, the tax surge to deliveries. And I would would go ahead and make a couple hundred extra dollars in a few hours after bar close. After pandemic... Um, hit obviously all of that stopped and then i immediately right. switched over to um instacart and shipped and pr- uh, only food delivery i i still haven't done a passenger um uh ride here and i don't know it's been over a year now so i have a question well, about your uh late night after bar close what kind of yeah. i'm not sure what market you're in but, uh, like, for us, there was I mean, Michigan is, or, sorry, Grand Rapids is the second biggest city in the state. Yep. But, like, yep. the overnight food is just nothing. So I'd just be curious yep. what you did because, like, I would not sit in a McDonald's drive through at, like, 3 in the morning. You'd be there for, like, 45 minutes. Yeah, no, for sure. There's a couple things that I did. First of all, I am in a um, uh, Boise, Idaho, which is um, Boise State. Um, so it's a big college town. Um, the big key for that, um, cause you're right. And it was just fast food. We're talking, um, you know, Wendy's till like midnight, you're talking Burger King and McDonald's primarily. And you're right. You have the line wrapped around the, the building, right? Because that's the only option people have. Mm-hmm. So what I did was I built relationships with the people that, that worked there. And I would literally call the store and say, hey, this is Jason with, um, you know, Postmates or whatever. I'm, I'm sitting right outside your door. Can you just hand that to me? Oh, no way. Every time, almost every time, walk it right out to me. That's sweet. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> 
See, different markets, people, because where I live, they wouldn't do that. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting because I actually tried that throughout the last six months doing uh, some late night stuff. And with the pandemic where the doors are shut and locked. Yeah. And I was still talking them into doing that. Yeah. In, I guess that's a, a little markets. bit different of a story. Yeah. If you've got a security lock and there's nothing you can do, it's like, what do you want well, me to do? That's true. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> there are there are some limitations for sure. <laughs> but I mean, so okay, but like basically let's just call it the most minimal from like November twenty nineteen to January twenty twenty. The most minimal was being made and, and there weren't cash dips of thirty, fifty, hundred dollars nope. like in the very beginning of pandemic. Pandemic nope. hit and then somewhere around like end of March through April into May. People were for like six, seven weeks seeing fifty, hundred dollar tips on many delivery orders, like in cash on a table outside their house when people were really scared. Yep. And we're switching over to these apps. And um I'm just curious though, so pre-pandemic pay being nothing, start a pandemic being through the roof, um, it kind of tailoring out through the year and acquiring a bunch of new drivers um in these on these platforms in cities. And then now a year into it, I mean, where do you guys feel like the food delivery payment to you has gone? Like, I don't, I always did mine on an hourly. So all my rideshare rides through the years, I always needed to make X amount per hour. And I could tailor that if I needed to, if a price changed or, you know, I was going to have to work an extra two hours to make the money I needed to. So I was actually making schedules for myself, which I've always done than working those schedules. So, but if things needed to be corrected, I did, but I needed to make what I needed to make. Yep. So when things got thrown through the roof and you were making just so much more, how did, how have you had to tailor, how much have you had to tailor that back? Or like, if you broke it down in the, if you were working April or March, April, May last year doing food delivery per hour, how much per hour approximately like half, what do you make now on a norm? tips, everything. I've uh, been running probably, um, I've been hitting about 30, 30 bucks an hour. And, uh, you know, it was 45 to 50, uh, pretty consistently during the heat of the pandemic. Although I think a lot of the reason for that, I didn't see maybe the huge increase in tips. Uh, maybe it was just because of my looks or something. I don't know. But, you know, what really made a difference was lack of traffic. You could go out and oh, you could yeah. easily knock out four to five deliveries in an hour, where before it was half that. And, uh, you know, so that made a big difference. And and then, uh, you know, of course, now that traffic is kind of getting back to normal, that slowed down. And, and actually, for me, I was still doing about, you know, maybe 24, 25 back in that uh, November to uh, January, February timeframe. And then of course, then it just took off, but, um, you know, it's, you, you definitely feel that saturation. Um, I'm seeing much longer waits between orders on some platforms, Grubhub, especially Grubhub. I never used to have any kind of pause between offers. As soon as you drop off, it was like, boom, right away. And now Grubhub, and you're seeing sometimes 10, 15, 20 minutes between offers. 
And so that's that's one change I'm seeing. I'm seeing other than DoorDash, everybody else seems to be slowing down a little bit, but uh, maybe just because of multi-apping or whatever, been able to kind of keep the income higher than it was before the pandemic, but nowhere near as high as it was during the pandemic, if that makes sense. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, what about the rest of you guys, Jason? I mean, like what, it doesn't have to be exact to the times I was saying, just how have you seen your timeline go in a year and four months, Jason, Michigan? Yeah, we- as I, uh, obviously I'm not driving now. Um, it all depended on uh, what your state had for restrictions, right? So, like. Well, I'm talking Mich- about delivery. Yeah, no, I am. I, that's I know, what I'm talking about. Yeah, okay. That's what I'm talking okay. about. Because when our restaurants opened up, the food delivery slowed right. down a little bit. And right now, I, as far as what I'm seeing on the on the Facebook groups in our local group, uh, it's it's kind of slowed down quite a bit. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, for me, I went on a uh, a daily goal. I didn't go on hourly, so once I hit that daily goal, then I then I would go home. But um, I would say from pre, you know, when the first pandemic started to to when I just finished up in March, I would say it slowed down maybe a third as far as money goes. I had to work maybe a third, a little bit longer uh, to kind of get what my goal was. And so. See, and that's so weird because a lot of people in a lot of markets, I was just talking to David Pickerell, who's on here today, that the other day on Friday, we were talking about how I was see- I was hearing this from a lot of drivers in a lot of markets that there's too many drivers getting on or it's just slowed down. Things are opening. People are starting to pick their own stuff up and try and knock out some of those fees if they can. Even if they're not dining in, they're still just doing it themselves. And he was saying that in San Francisco, he's seeing some of the best money he's seen right now. Yeah, but with uh, and you know, I'm not getting political, but with a really liberal area, they're probably going to stay more locked down. That's just fact. You know what I mean? It, that just that just kind of what's going on. Although, you know, our governor uh, was the biggest lockdown in all the country, maybe other than California, and we're the highest. <laughs> COVID numbers right now, so figure that one out, but, uh, which is pretty embarrassing, not going to lie. But, um, but yeah, I guess, you know, you talked at the beginning of the podcast how it's market-specific, and, and, I, and I truly believe that. Like, you even talked about, uh, Steve, on our podcast that you have the multiplier in Denver, and I was, like, flabbergasted with that. I was like, that, that hasn't been around here in years. So. Well, and so, hey, speaking of that, I, I, I told, I talked to, I said to David to, on this on uh, on Friday, he had to take a a Uber, and he actually used Schedule, and he scheduled an Uber ride for the next morning, and what he knew to be a thirty dollar Uber ride. And what was it, David? It ended up being ninety bucks, and we died. Yeah, 90, ninety-two down. bucks. And you know, I'd never agreed to that. And it's only after the fact, sort of. Steve and I looked over it and had like you know a three, you know, two point nine x multiple on it, basically. Whoa. Yeah. So wow. even on the scheduled behind the scenes, they were doing the multiplier. But yeah, the multiplier is coming back in a lot of cities. If you will go, if you'll do rideshare. I was sort of unpleasantly surprised because you know that was way more than I'd hoped for, obviously. You, you were on the wrong end of that. That's why you were surprised. Yeah. Well, David, <laughs> and, and, I mean... I was going to say, isn't there upfront pricing? Like, you didn't get upfront pricing? Uh, not from the... Because of the scheduled ride mechanism, it just 
agreed for me to whatever it was. I was sort of shocked. Wow. Well, that's so that's, so what I, that's what I thought too. So and the schedule, like, yeah, the scheduled deal on on Uber is all it is. Is it? It just activates the closest driver, driver to, to arrive yeah. at that time. Um, it, it's not actually scheduling you for that amount. If it was, they would never handle bar scenes because everybody would just right. And it's it. and a, right. I, I, and actually, I was going to say that, like, if anything, if if you do schedule a ride, I always told people not to because there were so many drivers all times a day. At least here in Denver, you didn't need to. Now with fewer drivers, I can see why you might. But nonetheless, like when you do schedule the ride, you yeah. are doing exactly that. And you all and we always have been. We didn't I didn't I didn't even know that when I was driving until like after the fact kind of thing. But like you didn't know you'd go pick up somebody. So if you're scheduling a ride, I think you have to cancel what, like 15 minutes before you are yeah. absolutely best off to check and see if it's if it's raging. Because yeah. if it is, you might want to cancel that ride and wait a minute. Yep. If you can. I mean, unless you're going to the airport or something, because I mean, like if you, if I schedule a ride for 8 a.m. tomorrow, I don't want to wake up and find the three time multiplier was on it. <laughs> right. When I, so like, I uh, get out at the airport. You know? So I, uh, I have some interesting, uh, an interesting stat here. I just sort of like to pass by everyone. And I think a couple of people here know, and for listeners who don't uh, you know, we're working at para uh, mostly helping people who work across multiple apps. And one of our tools is just, you know, very simply helping people automatically track their earnings across apps. But because of that, we uh, sort of ran some numbers for this podcast that I found quite interesting. Uh, so I know uh, one thing is we sort of ran multi-appers versus single-appers. And what we found was sort of a multi-appers on average are making 24 bucks an hour versus single-appers who are making 21 bucks an hour. Uh, for DoorDash, a single app or DoorDash is generally making 19 Is this for your market? Uh, no, this is sort of at an aggregate level, and I'll follow up with a okay. caveat to that, right? And then sort of for Instacart, single appers, it's 21. But effectively, you know, we have a pretty large sample size here, and unsurprisingly, sort of multi-appers are consistently making more. I think the caveat to this is, right, you know, uh, I saw DoorDash go nuts here a week or two ago, and I was making 35 to 40 bucks an hour. But on Sunday, I was doing lunch rush for DoorDash, and I was getting every trip had you know zero dollar tip behind it. So my thirty seven dollars an hour went down to something like twelve dollars an hour. So things are dynamic, uh, but just uh, that insight, interestingly, across many cities is even looking at a city level, multi appers are generally always making more. I guess isn't a surprise, Absolutely. but it's cool to actually see that. Now in California, though, you guys are under, and I know things that that David and you know I'm I'm I'm, I'm I always am helping those out with the pair of team stuff, but that David uh, that multi apping isn't allowed, and if caught, you'll be you'll be thrown off. And I know that California doesn't. I mean, they don't have like a compliance team that's checking on this, but they have deactivated some people for this. I don't know how even they catch you that you're multi-apping. I, um, it's kind well, of an odd thing, but it's only California that does it. Yeah. And that's because in uh, Prop 22, there was language in that that said that, you know, they can't prohibit you from taking other orders unless you're in active time. 
you know, mm-hmm. and that was kind of a hidden little piece that nobody realized was in there. It makes sense because the pay, the minimum pay is based on time as well. As it miles. makes sense. But I guess and, that I'm wondering you know, how they know. How do they know if you're taking if you're on Uber Eats, unless they're sharing data, how does DoorDash know if you're on an Uber Eats run? I think it's my it's guess is you'd have like, to like, yeah, surpass a threshold sort of a thing. Like if you go too far out of the way. Exactly. Exactly. Because they're already doing that anyway. Uh, They're doing that in other places where if if you're obviously going out of the way on deliveries, there's some of them they're starting to. uh, There have been a lot of deactivations that I think are based on that very thing. You know, so it's uh, essentially in other states, it's all about they just say if you're extremely late. But but I think it has to do with like. Yeah, if you're going way out of the way and it's not a logical uh, route or something, you know, then then they'll assume. And since there's no due process, you're just out of luck. See, but the crazy part, the crazy part there to me is that, like, and you guys might maybe have a better answer to for me than this is that drivers can drop their load. I mean, you can pick up an order and then not do it. Right. I mean, you can drop in another driver picks it up. So if that's the case, I mean, couldn't you multi app and they'd never know. <laughs> I think you could if you were very smart about the offers that you're taking. You know, if, if they're in line with each other, then they're not going to know about that. And, and really, that's about the way you should be doing it anyway. Um, because I think, mm-hmm. you know, if, if you're taking an offer that is making somebody else really late, then, you know, that's, I, I, I think you're not doing what you agreed to do in the first place. And so I can kind of understand their point if that happens, or, you know, you take an offer, then you go to the second restaurant and you're waiting there for 20 minutes or something. It's pretty obvious that, uh, you're, you're you're probably not just doing one offer or something like that. So, you know, I so, think I think what happens is the guys that get dropped are the ones that are really dumb about the ones that they're taking. So basically, one of the things that uh, that I do that is very um, uh, helpful in this is I will accept like an Instacart order. So I'll have an Instacart running on on either a different phone or a tablet or something. And as it's running, I'm watching the orders and I'll be out delivering DoorDash or Uber Eats. And if an 80, 90, hundred dollar order pops up, I'll accept it. I now know that I have 30 to 45 minutes to start that shop. I'll then go finish my DoorDash or my Uber Eats. And then I'll go do that order. I've never done the multi-apping where I'm accepting an Uber Eats order and a DoorDash order because of that very issue. You get to the restaurant and they're like, oh, man, we're out of this and this. And now you're dropping orders and it's just causing a bunch of problems. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I'm, a multi- see- I'm, I'm a multi-apper, so it's it can be stressful, I tell you. And I've gotten burned uh, doing that. You just got to know yeah. your area. My, my buddies give me a hard time because I stay in my town. Uh, it's called Granville. It's a suburb of Grand Rapids. They're like, why don't you come downtown? I'm like, no, no, no. I know my restaurants here. I know exactly what to do. Uh, now, and I'm not perfect, but it, it does get stressful. There are times where you have to drop orders because you're like, oh, man. And then you got to know the rest. I was like, five guys, it's going to take longer. So you before you accept that second order, knowing that you have to go to five guys, you might want to think about it. 
Yeah. Right. I got to drop those fries. That is very I'll tell you what, Uber Eats got a lot easier for uh, multi-apping now that you know where you're going. I made the mistake a couple of times taking an Uber Eats and thinking, well, maybe it'll work. (laughs) Obviously, you know, back in the day when you just all you got was just where you're picking up. And uh, that was one of the worst mistakes I ever made, because all of a sudden (laughs) you don't know where you're going until you pick the food up. And it's like, what do you mean it's 20 miles the other direction? (laughs) Yeah, right. you got you, you definitely got to be smart on that. I one thing I do to combat that is I run double phones. Yeah. So yeah. that is super helpful. Yeah, I've always found it too stressful to try to try to do that with the uh, with the food delivery, uh, especially with the way they show you on the map where it's at. Sometimes it looks like it's close and it's really not. <laughs> uh, so I'll, I'll take a double order from you know, on the same app, but I won't, I, I rarely if ever take one. Uh, and you know, two orders from two different apps. Yeah, they have that magic of making the long trips look shorter than the short trips on the map. Oh, right? definitely. So definitely. Yes, they do. <laughs> yeah. Very well. Grubhub is a master of is that. It, is it their way of trying to lure you in to take it, or or is yes. it that their <laughs> is it that their internet navigation is that bad? No, they're they're trying to get you to take it. 100%. The best is uh, the best is on DoorDash when they say it's on your route. And what they mean is the uh, the restaurant is on your route. <laughs> the yep. passage, the, the delivery is way the heck out in the middle of nowhereville. It means it's in your state. That's yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. If you're lucky, within driving range. Yeah, th- that's how they get you on the stacked orders, right? You're like, oh, you're picking up from the same restaurant. This looks great. Oh shit, right? Like, <laughs> yep. Got, yep, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> But like Larry, okay, so Larry, you've I, I know you've kind of shifted back to rideshare. Has anybody else seen like what we've seen here in Denver? I don't know. Um, Lyft really isn't doing anything. Uber is doing everything they can to get me back out there on the road. Everything. Yeah. I mean, two two three weeks ago was a hundred bucks for to do a few rides over the weekend. This weekend, um, because of the Rockies game, um, Rockies games, and then they got uh, one of them or two of them got snowed out. But um, they wanted me to, if I did three rides, I kept all the money from the rides. This wasn't even a, if, it, if you don't make at least this much, you'll, you'll, we'll make the difference okay. thing. This is you'll get your three ride money, and we're giving you 200 bucks if you do three rides. Wow. That's insane. I, I, mean, I need to lay off driving again for a while. <laughs> Well, I'm just yeah, saying, I, like, why? I actually, you know, just, like, are, are other people seeing this? Because I do know it's a nationwide problem, driver shortage. It's huge. Yeah, I just got the same thing, actually. Um, uh, three, I think it was complete three three rides and get 100. Um, and then, yeah, uh, I mean, on Lyft. Lyft sent me a $200 one for, I think, five rides. Yeah, I wish we would see some of that here. We, we've never really seen any uh, any kind of bonuses. In my market, the only thing I have seen, I know it's definitely uh, a lot less drivers out there now than there was pre-COVID, for sure. When COVID hit, um, I worked for the city of Bowling Green during the day as a, a computer systems engineer, and they, they wouldn't let me drive and do my side work because they thought it was too dangerous for about six months. So I had to switch over. That's when I switched over to food delivery. But as soon as I really could, I switched back over to doing passengers just because I like that. I like that interaction a lot more. It's a, we're a college town here. I have a lot of fun with the college. Campus. Yeah, I, I like, you know, I, I way prefer the rideshare thing. But what I was I guess what I'm getting at, Larry, is like 
would you, I guess, would you have got it if you still weren't driving it? You know, I, I don't like, did know. They almost I'm did eight. they take advantage of you for driving? I, I would probably and not give you the I would bonus. bet on it. Sure, I would bet on it. <laughs> but so, the only thing I've seen here is um, Lyft has gone back to uh, offering pretty good money, for, you know, if you sign somebody up, another driver, or even, a, you know, an old driver, if you get them to reactivate, they're offering $800. To the drive, you know, to me, if I get somebody signed on, which it had gone down to, I don't know what, ten bucks maybe, or I yeah. don't even know. If to react, we can reactivate dead drivers. Yeah, yeah, they just <laughs> <There you go. laughs> they'll take whatever they can get right now. Yeah. But yeah, it, I mean, pre-COVID, it, it had gotten to the point where you know it was hard to make decent money around here. Anywhere you would drive, you know, you turn on the passenger app and you would be surrounded by by you know six eight other drivers. And now there's many nights I go out and um, there may be one or two other drivers out. And um, especially like as soon as bar closed is is done, I'm usually the only driver out because on Thursdays and Saturdays, I'll usually drive to about 3 or 4 a.m. Hey, Larry, how does this reactivation work? Is it the same as is it the same sort of mechanism as signing up a new driver? Is it sort of like text your friend and tell them to try it again? Or how does that work? Yeah, I haven't really, I haven't really looked at it because I, I, I don't know anybody that used to drive that's, you know, that, uh, that I could, um, that I could use it on, but I'll look at, you know, I need to look that up and see, but yeah, I just noticed that actually today uh, in the Lyft app, you know, they have, they have the little messages and it had a, um, it had a message in there about, you know, sign up a new driver or, you know, get, get an, get a former driver to, to reactivate and start driving. Yeah. So I actually have some experience with this because when I was in Hawaii, one of the things that I noticed, I was just being observant and I was, I was down there at the, um, uh, uh, the ticket counter looking at a rental car and the person in front of me was renting a U-Haul truck because there were no cars available. Okay. And it got me thinking, huh, if there's no cars available, that means people are going to be using Uber and Lyft. So I actually got that same email, uh, 800 bucks, I think it was on Lyft, to either activate a new driver or reactivate an old driver. And so I actually got a hold of my brother, who was a driver several years ago, and I, he lives over there. And I said, hey, um, you want to try this? And he did. And he said it was just like the normal process. Did you just send the link? Was he deactivated, though, or did he just stop producing documents that kept him yeah. current at some correct. point? So, that's correct. He was never deactivated. He was never in trouble. He just stopped driving. And yeah, he I hadn't don't know if they would bring some... anybody back if they'd been deactivated. Yeah. He, oh, and the verbiage, in there, the verbiage <laughs> in there is um, reactivate a, a past driver or something like that. Huh. Did he have to do any trips or is it just straight up for uploading his docs again? Yeah, no, he had to do the regular, um, you know, 60 trips in 30 days or whatever, whatever that was, just like a normal new one. And it was an $800 referral. Now, the crazy thing was because of the whole U-Haul, for crying out loud, U-Haul situation over there, um, he went out on his first night and made over $500 in an evening. It was just going crazy, crazy, crazy. Like I'd never even seen it. Um, so he's been, uh, he's been working that quite a bit just lately, but yeah, it's pretty nuts. 
So that's crazy. So was it that was it equal amounts? Was it eight eight hundred to him, eight hundred to you? You know that I don't know. I'll have to ask him what's on his end. It it just said eight hundred uh, to refer. Right. Um, yeah, on, to, on the offer that I got, it was a uh, it was eight hundred dollar bonus to me, but it was like it was it was only a guarantee for the new driver. Yeah, I think that it, it's pretty standard. I think it's probably. Um, you know, the same as they've always been, you know, give, give them nothing basically. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I mean, I guess what I wanted to use as one example too was Boston, like Boston is, is plagued without drivers right now. Um, there was an example that was used about a Red Sox game where a season ticket holder of like 15 years or something, um, had been using Uber since it came to Boston and thought it was the greatest thing or Lyft or whatever. And, he he had remarked how he never waits longer. He knows how to exit the stadium and where to be even after a Red Sox game when it's crazy in Boston and still get a ride within five minutes. He knew how to get out in the eighth if it was, wasn't close and, and get it, you know, before it surged and all this stuff. And then he was saying how um, the first game this year that he needed to use rideshare, he was given a time uh, or he was, he was told 27 minutes like 17 minutes into that, it said your driver has dropped your call. He re-requested, got another one that said 38 minutes. Wow. So he waited an hour and he's never before waited five minutes in wow. seven years. I know that's going uh, because, on because, oh, and then here's, well. here's, here's the part. Here's the, here's the kicker though. Boston can't surge. Oh, geez. Forget that. <laughs> So Boston can't surge price, so they've got all these people calling for rides. They have no drivers. Yep, None. nobody will do that. Um, just for uh, just for clarification here, I just pulled it up, and it it does say refer um, a driver. You get eight hundred dollars. Um, they get a guarantee of fourteen hundred dollars off of a hundred rides in thirty days. So I wonder you know, how long you have to go 14. like that. I should be deactivated. Why don't you reactivate me? Yeah, right? Exactly. <laughs> well, I'm waiting for that, too. There's been people around here that have got the $100 for three rides, but I don't know how long I have to go, like, because uh, I did Uber Eats up until mid-March, and I still haven't gotten it yet. So You know, it, it's interesting. All of these companies are all doing the same thing. Um, I'm very active with a lot of new drivers, uh, delivery people, Instacart, Shipped, all of them, and... Um, uh, just here in Phoenix this last week, they were doing um, $300 to do 15 shops as a bonus. So if you do 15 deliveries, uh, batches, then you get an extra $300. However, what I noticed was if you had done a shop in about the last two weeks, you did not get that offer. Uh, I did not get that offer. But several people did, and I just started asking, when was the last time you shopped? When was the last time you shopped? And the consensus was about two weeks. Well, two weeks isn't bad. I mean, no, I mean no. that, that. I mean, I'll, I'll stop working for two weeks for that. Well, much. Needless to say, I have not taken an Instacart batch in the last week and a half. So I'm exactly. <laughs> Hence the reason why I was doing ship dolls last week. There you go. Right. But here I've been like, I haven't taken passengers since the pandemic either for all sorts of yep. reasons. My son, my health this summer, all kinds of reasons. But 
I kept my documents up to date. Now I'm wondering, should I not have? <laughs> well, I, I <laughs> so that I got I, an offer saying, "Hey, come back and get reinstated for fourteen hundred bucks." Okay, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, here I was keeping my yeah. my my documents up to date just because I had them. You know, yeah. why not? Why would I not keep it up? I'm not going to let it fall by the wayside and then have to deal with Uber on the phone for hours later. Right. My issue is you know. my inspection. I I let that lapse because you don't need an inspection for food delivery. So that would be my only yep. issue. For sure. Yeah. And now there's that service for the, I know they used to be more expensive. I saw one for 15 bucks that can get you Uber and Lyft certified um, by your phone. Really? Oh, yeah. Here yeah. in Bowling Green, uh, we get them for uh, $20 for, and they'll, they'll do for Lyft. On the Uber. phone? No, on the phone. No, you actually have to go in, but. But, um, yeah, this is just you just take your bucks. phone camera and you walk right. around and they tell you how to move it. Yeah. Takes them like seven minutes and they do the whole inspection from your driveway and nobody's there. Hmm. <laughs> hey, um, do, does uh, does anybody have any uh, information on uh, Uber Select or Lyft Lux um, rides at all right now? In regards to what? Also, just if it's if it's uh, profitable, if anybody's doing it, if it's anything that um, um, if if those companies are even offering those rides at the moment, I, I just yeah. don't even know. I believe they are. There's a guy in our local group. Uh, he does comfort. Uh, that's pretty popular in our neck of the woods. Um, I think comfort is the highest level actually uh, in Grand Rapids. So. It goes X, yeah. XL, and Comfort, and he's still getting them. Uh, not as much as you know pre-pandemic, but he is still getting them. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I was trying to even find my Uber Rider app, and I might have deleted it during the pandemic because I knew I wouldn't be taking an Uber. <laughs> um, but I was going to pull it up right now and see because when I pull up the driver app, that's why when I told you the other day, I saw the multiplier, and you're like, "No way." When Jason in Michigan was like, no way. And I'm like, yeah. And then, and, and then David said the same thing. He's like, and then when he told me his story was like evil though, because he was like, I know that's a $30 ride. It was 90 bucks. I said, well, let's look at the receipt. And he hadn't looked and we, he was reading it on the phone. I mean, there was like, it was like a seven line item breakdown. Jeez. <laughs> Forget that. California, right? I mean, it wasn't just the multiplier. It was other things too, right, David? It was like all kinds of weird stuff. And one thing I've noticed doing um, ride share, and from what I've read, it's pretty prevalent all over the country. Lyft is really undercutting Uber on price right now. I kind of always knew that would happen. Me me and my son were downtown, and uh, we were taking an Uber home, and I just pulled them both up, and it was, I think it was eight. Eight or nine dollars cheaper for Lyft than it was Uber, and that's for they were fairly fifteen minute ride maybe. And uh, I always tell everybody to check, but here lately it's been significant amount. You know, normally it was pretty close, and a lot of times Uber would be cheaper, Lyft would be cheaper sometimes. But just reading about that in some of the didn't, message boards as well. Didn't Lyft change their standards on uh, what they consider a working car too? 
It's market specific. That is definitely market specific. Oh, okay. Because I, I, I had a because I had a person ask me, and he's like, you know, before I had to have whatever year up, and now I can have eight years back. Oh, I had a I had a ten year old car that I just got rid of. It was a two thousand six. Actually, it was I do remember in. Years. I do remember somewhere in Florida, like the the lift year was like you had to have like a three year old car. Oh like yeah, it's they, they ridiculous. Got, they were really. They must have been really had a huge, uh, huge amount of drivers down there to make it that strict down there. But yeah, like I said, yeah. dude, I just got rid of my 2006 Camry about two months ago, and I was still driving it on Lyft and Uber. Mm, yeah, well, this person was specifically noting that when he got the car he had, he kind of had to get it because it fell into right. what would be applicable in his market. Right. And now he's seeing that he could have got the cars in the price range he wanted. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if that's kind of where Lyft's headed. Like, whatever you got, does it run? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, with well, I've always said, driver, I, yeah. I've always said on the podcast, there needs to be like an Uber X and an Uber. I don't give a shit. I need to get to work. <laughs> an Uber, whatever. Right. Right, like the leftover pool. The people who don't have cars that qualify, and if Lyft, if Uber or Lyft was like, well, those are the sketchy rides, be like, so are yours. <laughs> yeah, th- those those drivers don't have to get an inspection on their car. Yeah, I mean, and you know, I, I don't know. All these here, here we are in a lack of drivers, and almost in all markets. And if I mean, if people are hearing, you're if. The people listening right now or tomorrow when we do the launch the podcast and this is in it, you know, you're hearing all these market to market differences just in car alone. I mean, we just heard Florida, you know, in the Miami area probably or whatever had to be three years new. And in Larry's market in Bowling Green, he had a 17 year old or a 16 year old car that was still able to be on the platform. So, I mean, that's just even the car. And then we have cost of living, and then we have, you know, how much is it to buy a house? How much is gas? How much is how much are groceries? I mean, we all live in such different markets and such different living arrangements that sometimes when I tell people what I would make, you know, they'd be like, no way. Well, you know, at the end of the day or the end of the month, who knows that I'm really that much farther ahead of you if you're right. not making what I was. Cost of living. Yeah. And not only that, uh, you know, we we also talk about a lot about what what works here that is not necessarily going to work in another market, and even within people within the same market, what works for me may not work for another driver here in town, just because the way we you know do certain things. Yeah, I've had you a, have to make the job your own. I've had an interesting vantage point here because we've been setting up these local driver and deliverer chats uh, on our app. So you know, at this point, we have call it eight, nine, 10 cities up and running. And, you know, so I see these pings all the time and it's just fascinating seeing, you know, one city saying, Hey, it's super slow right now. But another city saying, Hey, it's going like crazy. Another city saying, Hey, the sun's out and everyone's ordering. And the other city saying, Hey, the sun's out. So nobody's ordering. Uh, So it's just being sort of fascinated to see this because, you know, especially for cities in the same time zone. uh, Yeah. They're just so different. It's so different. I'm really interested to see how summer goes because everyone knows summer and even early spring uh, is just dog crap for for like gig work in general. You know, more people are walking, a lot more barbecues and cookouts and stuff. So 
I'm just very curious to see how that, how that pans out this year, just even with the pandemic. Well, but you see, again, market to market, you're down by the lake. You know, you got a bunch yeah. of people who are willing to drive over to the lake, have a nice day. I live in Denver. Sometimes we shut down the whole downtown for, um, you know, for Taste of Denver. Okay. And so for the whole weekend, it's a raging weekend. We have the Great American Beer Festival out here, which is, I, I've never made more money in five days <laughs> that I makes mean, sense. every year it's the it's the i mean this one's going to be virtual just like last year was again which is too bad but i mean literally everybody's the it's that kind of situation where people are holding out hundred dollar bills at the convention center then it means cancel your ride and take me somewhere i'll give you another one too wow how do you have how do you do a virtual beer festival you don't. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not very well. It's, it's just that it's, yeah. the Great American Beer Festival has become the biggest beer festival in the world, not the country now. And uh, and so I mean, like we get a lot of events like that. I mean, like even oddly, even tomorrow is usually um, the airports are just slam packed for four twenty. Oh yeah, and we have a whole shutdown of the city. It's illegal this year, um, but like. We have a whole shutdown of the city, and we usually have every hotel is booked. Hmm. I mean, it's it's treated, and there's no other events going on. It's treated like a crazy event where even <laughs> if your city's legal and your state's legal now, you still fly here to do wow. it because we were that first one that really went rec legal. Do you guys get a lot of those events during the year? Because, I mean, we would get, like, the Winter Beer Fest uh, maybe one or two other events, but other than that, we didn't have those big events. Yeah, we get and we get huge ones. We get like ten bands at Coors Field, you know. I mean, we and then we get like um, big bands that'll come through, like the Eagles, or like last year it was like Journey and all these other ones that you know sell out Coors Field. That's well, that's like sixty thousand people, um, you know. So downtown here is huge. Um, there's two different parts of Lodo. There's, you know, there's the new Rhino district. There's, um, you know, there's just so many areas of Denver that we have, there's something going on every weekend. If you know that it's one of those things, if you know the town, okay. You know, if, yeah. if you're a rideshare driver and just sitting downtown, go, why am I not busy? It's probably because the rideshare drivers who know are in Lakewood or Thornton or wherever the, the weekend is that, that weekend. Hmm. Yeah, that's, you know, that's like where the money Nashville is. Nashville is. I'm I'm about uh, an hour north of Nashville, Tennessee, and of course it's it's always got you know eight thousand things going on. It seems like down there. So I get people all the time asking, me, "Oh, don't you, you know? Do you ever go down to Nashville and drive?" I hear all these people making this you know big money down there, and it, sometimes we'll get some somebody going from here to the airport because our airport here we don't have an airport that has any commercial flights. It's just kind of private airplanes so we'll get people going down to the airport on a you know fairly regular basis which is about an hour trip and i tell them you know i can stay really busy down in nashville but their per mile rate is half of what bowling green is so i'm putting twice the miles on my car to make the same money i can make here (laughs) and that's just another difference that you see between markets you talk about you know all the difference in markets and and people just don't really get it no matter how much i tell them and then if I have to get to cost of living, then they're like, well, now you're just talking about something else. I'm like, no, it's all one and the same, man. At the end yeah. of the at the end of the month, how much money do you have at the bank? Did you pay your rent? Did you pay your bills? You know, and it's, you know, how much did you work? Did you work 40 hours a week and I worked 60? 
and I came out a bit ahead or, you know, it's, it really is. I mean, it's expensive to live in Denver and I know David can understand. Yeah. It's expensive to live in uh, San Francisco. You know, you know, it's interesting. Um, as I drive around all, all over the country, um, the number one thing I ask people is I say, what kind of car do you drive? And if they say, well, I drive a suburban, right. I'm like, well, you need a different profession. This isn't going to work for you. Um, However, you know, and then I ask them how much they pay for their cell phone. Um, and, and so a lot of this has to do with working smarter and not harder. Um, because we all know we could just sit in the car for 15 hours and go make our money. Or we can be um, strategic about it, learn our city, learn the hot spots, learn the times to drive, learn the events, mm-hmm. get, get um, you know, a flight tracker that's coming in, things like that, you know, so you can start understanding when it's going to be busy and where it's going to be busy. And, um, you know, I, I, I talk to people all the time that tell me they spend a hundred and hundred dollars a month on their cell phone. And, uh, you know, I, I, I spend $25 a month on my cell phone and I have unlimited everything on unthrottled data. And I, you know, why, why, why not save that extra 75 bucks? I don't like driving a Prius. I hate driving my Prius, but I love that car, <laughs> right? <laughs> I, I just, I despise it, but I love it um, because I get 55 right. miles a gallon, you know? Um, and I think it's important for people coming into this industry to know that you have to think of it like a business. And a business is going to cut costs and increase profits. That's how you build the business. And if you think you can get into this and keep your costs really high and you're going to be profitable really high, those two don't mix. So you, you got to just think those things through to be profitable in the end. Well, like in the Dallas market, though, I know people who drive and who go out specifically and do buy Yukons and Suburbans and stuff mm-hmm. and want the seven-seater. And they make a they make a lot of money. You know, yes, they're going to pay more again, cost of living. Yeah, but for sure. They've found if a market doing, where they get a lot of rides in those. Yeah, if they're doing passenger XL rides, um, Uber Black, Lyft Lux, whatever, that's a totally different ball game, and that is absolutely you have to have the right um, vehicle uh, for that. Mm-hmm. But if you're doing food delivery and right. Um, right. primarily primarily fast food or, or small food delivery like DoorDash or Uber Eats or whatever. Um, sometimes you need a little bit bigger vehicle with um, Instacart and shipped. But, um, but yeah, if you're, doing a, if you're buying a vehicle specific to, um, you know, one of the passenger ride deals, then absolutely you have to do that if that's your game. Um, but if you're, if you're trying to, you know, deliver – mcdonald's with a, a yukon um you're, you're just not it's not you're not gonna win <laughs> if you're de- if you're delivering mcdonald's with a yukon you should probably look in the mirror for a minute and really yeah. examine what's going on <laughs> <laughs> yeah several minutes actually <laughs> and, and again it all comes back to you know people think that uh you know they they read about this gig economy and think oh man i can just go out and jump in my car and I'm going to make all this cash and it's all easy. And granted, you know, in my right. opinion, driving people around is not hard work, but you it do have not. to put thought into it. You do have to 
make it your business. You have to know, like I said, what events are going on. You have to know the good places to sit in town. You have to know that you don't want to be sitting in the middle of a pack of six other drivers with you in the middle because you're not going to get a ping. So there are things that you have to learn and, and, you know, Routines you have to pick up and information that you need to make sure you have for sure. It's not and just you a have to stay one hundred percent alert one hundred percent of the time. I mean, a lot of jobs allow us to doze off here and there, but yes. you know, you can't. We don't have that option at all. I mean, we have to stay white knuckled if need be in bad weather while they're talking to us. Definitely. I think, you know? um, yeah, right. I think the other thing that people really make a mistake on getting into this industry is they get into this industry when they just got fired and they have a bunch of bills due and they think that they're going to just do this and, and pay all that back and get it all, you know, no problem. Everything will be fine. The problem is to do this job effectively and to actually make those 30, 40, $50 an hour that we talk about, you absolutely have to treat it like a business, be thought, you have to use your brain about it, and you have to play chess with it. Um, people who are reacting to their situation with this cannot, it, it just literally 99 out of 100 will not work. I, I sign people up and I talk to them and I give them all the information and I you know, motivate them and I get them going and they go do three and they're like, I couldn't make any money doing deliveries. I said, well, how many did you do? I did three. I said, you're right. If you walked into your brand new job that you never worked at, at whatever company, and you stayed there for seven minutes, do you think you'd know how to do your job? You wouldn't. It takes time. And uh, um, like I said, even for me, a seasoned driver, it took me a couple weeks in a new city to figure out that city. Um, and, uh, so I think, I think a lot of people are, are reacting to their situation when they get into this versus being a chess player and, and trying to make it actually become something. Yeah, that's a good right. point. Yeah. Don't get into it when your life is in the gutter and think that, that we've all just been making it so we, the money we make so easy that the oh. first day you'll make what we make. Right. I mean, yeah, for sure. I, I don't know why you'd think that because with any job that doesn't work. I mean, if, unless you've never worked before. I mean, yeah. I mean, literally, like I've been in the it's bar just... industry for years. I mean, even even with tons of experience behind me, when I go to a new bar, I don't make what the others make. I got to learn that think, place first. I think the reason why is because people think that you're delivering pizza. How hard can that be? Right? You guys are making all this money, and you just deliver pizza. Well, that's not very hard. Yeah. And that's just the mentality that they have. And and then they're the people that go out and accept that $3 order for 17 miles. And then they get mad, you know? So Yeah, there's definitely a perception that, like, it's just this menial job that anybody could do, you know, without having to think about it. And that's definitely not true if you want to make No, this thing, it'll, this thing will kick your butt for yeah. sure. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, I agree. You definitely absolutely. have to work it. Yep. Again, it goes back to all the things that all of us know who want to be independent contractors. This is our business. We're not looking for minimum. We're not looking for minimum wage and health perks and health perks that would suck too. You know, we're not, we're not looking for this bare minimum stuff to be thrown at us by 
a company who most of the people who want that hate the company, but they want to be an employee of. Um, you know, that startles me too. Like if I hated a company, I don't want to work, go work for them. Exactly. <laughs> like, that just seems like really basic 101. But, yeah. um, you know, I think that the big, I think it's a big thing. These, the, the pay differences, you know, like I've heard a lot of people saying that, you know, the deliveries going, they're not making as much anymore. They're, they're just about ready to make that shift back to ride share. But then when David's market, he's been seeing like kind of a better situation lately and in other markets, I'm sure it's the same, but, um, again, well, it's just, a, it's people really got to gather this market to market stuff. It matters. It does. Absolutely. And, and I know, I mean, like I said, because I'm going to all these different markets, big cities, little cities, you know, all the way from one tip of the country to the other, it's, um, it, it definitely matters. And you've got to, I would recommend anybody who is serious about doing this is get into a Facebook group or some sort of local group, um, the para app, uh, to chat with other people, things like that. Um, because those people, yep, you're going to have probably half of them are Debbie Downer, you know, world's ending people, but you can learn a lot from, from those groups. Um, and you Mm -hmm. can, and and those people have been in it for a while. You're going to have people who were making, you know, $2,500 a week a year ago, and they're making 400 a week now on something because they failed to adapt. Um, and Mm -hmm. they're going to be on there blowing it up, you know, horrible, terrible, get out of it. You'll, you know, your life is going to go down the tubes, whatever. Um, (laughs) but being, being in those groups allows you to see a lot of useful information for sure. So that's, that's typically what I recommend to people who, um, are brand new. And I, you know, cause I'm only spending, a few days with these people just to get them rolling and get them going. And, you know, they can text or call or whatever. Um, and I'll help them out, but, um, but they got to have some local support for sure. Yeah. You definitely want to be, uh, involved in a local group. There's, there's a lot of the, you know, national Facebook groups or whatever that you can get good general information about it, but it's not going to be market specific and it, yep. it may not apply to your area. And so, yep. yeah, and it's just good to, um, you know, try to get to know some of the other people in your area that deliver or drive. You know, it's good to have contacts out there. It's good to have each other's back. Um, Absolutely. That's, you know, that's one thing that, that Jason uh, from Michigan, you know, they started a uh, telegram group. And we've got people, you know, all over the country that's in that telegram group. So it's not necessarily local, although they do have a bunch of people from Grand Rapids that are up there. But it's just a way to kind of keep in touch and motivate each other when you're out there late at night as well. Right. And Larry, actually, what I was what what Telegram is, is being done more localized by David and with Para. Like he's creating. Yes. He's actually doing a markets. So like in your market or you can go into the general chat, too, but you can go into your market and see just people in there once they get some populated in each one that they're doing. I mean, there's a, I think there's like 530 or something in the, in overall, which is pretty good because it's kind of a recent launch. Um, 
But, you know, it's when I asked him the other day what the biggest market was, he was like Utah, which I found odd. <laughs> okay. That would not have been my first but, guess. Um, no. You know? <laughs> but honestly, you know, like, I mean, like those groups help too because right now you can't get into the specific groups that, of parachat without an invite. So you're not getting the people who are just going to be in there going, hey, you're not going to make any money. Get out of here. Tonight, you're not going to make any money. And then they're making a ton, but they're trying to get you off or being jerks. or So it's at an early stage where I would recommend to anybody to at least give it a shot. If you don't, if it's not for you, it's not for you. But download the Para app and check it out, too. Yeah, Because um, yeah, I don't think that the Telegraph, the one thing about the Telegraph app is that it, or that, is that it doesn't break it down to cities so that, like, it can be a filter of just um grand rapids or just bowling green right no i think we've been lucky so far it's just like-minded you know, people I, I mean i always i always like right it's sort of like like-minded people like all of us here right it's like you know sometimes they're dicks right we've all sort of seen the facebook groups but especially right now we're sort of keeping it small and controlling who comes in so that we aren't you know we aren't saying hey don't come to my area it's, you know together hopefully you know help each other out so yeah Right. That's, I mean, and that's what Telegraph is, is just like, I think what Larry said is perfect. Like just to kind of keep even like your hopes up, like if you're just feeling really down about the day, which we've all had those days, even those of us who do good at this and whatnot, we've all had those days where we're like, what am I doing? You know, I'm, about to, <laughs> I'm done. Like, what has my life well, I mean, become? Get on Telegraph and hear it from somebody else. Just it helps, you know, it helps. It, it really helped me. And, and when I first started out, uh, just because here in Bowling Green, I tried to kind of connect with some of the other drivers here locally. And it's weird. Some places, like in Grand Rapids, they, they formed a really good group of rideshare drivers who got to be good friends. And here it seemed like everybody more looked at you as their competition, which to me is ridiculous. There's, you know, there's plenty of work out there for everybody. And you, you, why not share information and, and be there, you know, mm-hmm. if somebody has a flat tire, so you can come help them out, something like that. But there were many nights those, that, you know, I know those, I wouldn't have stayed Those people who look at it like it. competition always end up dropping by the wayside anyway, though. Yeah, I, I, they're, I think they're you're the right. ones who They're the ones who quit. Yeah. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. No doubt. It's just in the beginning they're so threatened, like, I got to make money, and I got to take you down. Like, come on, man. Yeah, there's plenty to go around. Um, well, thanks, guys. I mean, I think we covered a lot here. I'm going to plug all of your stuff on the linear notes and then on the on the outro tomorrow on the podcast but thanks for doing this today um hopefully this will help with a lot of people's questions that email me and say hey um you know i what you said is impossible you can't make that much and i haven't even talked about a market yet they'll just say that's not possible i'm like well first of all it's a pretty open comment what market are you talking about well you said that they this person made this and i'm like well he's in san diego where are you I'm in Omaha, Nebraska. Okay, well, maybe you can't. (laughs) I'm not trying to be a jerk, but, I mean, again, you don't have to pay San Diego rent either. Yeah, it's like looking at a realtor in in San Francisco versus a realtor in Bowling Green, Kentucky. realtor in San Francisco is going to have a little higher commission than they are here in Bowling Green. Right. Yeah, I mean, but anyway, guys, um, thanks to... David, Ron, Jason, 
Larry, Jason, and uh, John in upstate New York. We hope whatever the emergency was that uh, you're okay and your family's okay. And uh, we'll catch you next time. But thanks, guys. Um, yeah, thanks, guys. Hey, thanks. I uh, yeah. appreciate uh, being on here. Uh, Jason, hit me up when you're coming to Kentucky. I will. I'm, I'm planning on being there in, uh, in less than a month. So, yep. Sounds good. Yeah, thanks, thanks for bringing us all together, Steve. Great to yeah, meet you. Yeah, appreciate everyone. it, Steve. Yeah, for sure. Everybody stay in touch. We'll touch base. Thank you. Hey, take it fun. easy. Later. All right. So, thank you guys for bearing with there in the first few minutes of that. Um, you know, I think we had an interesting conversation. Um, I think what Jason uh, P. from uh, Idaho has been doing is really uh, is really a, a really cool venture. Um, you know, it wasn't something that was possible with Rideshare. And I guess I wasn't even aware that you could do that with the food delivery apps and work everywhere. Um, but that's crazy. And, uh, you know, more power to him. But I'm glad he's he's got actually a grip on all these markets now, too. So... But thanks to all my guests for coming on. Thank you, Larry. Thank you, Ron. Um, thank you, David. Thank you, Jason um, P. from Idaho. Thank you, Jason T. from Michigan and Gig Economy Podcast. Drive to Win 13 um, on YouTube. Uh, EntreeCourier.com. Um, uh, WithPara.com. Um, who else did I just name? Uh, missing somebody run, uh, lifting with Larry.com. And, uh, we didn't get John Wilkerson, um, from ride upstate, but, uh, ride upstate.com is, uh, John Wilkerson. And, um, he was going to be our New York guest, um, because was also going to be able to, I was going to have a little more topic on that, um, Boston conversation with him in, in the forum, but, he wasn't able to make it due to a family emergency. So our prayers are with him and that all's well. Uh, thank you everybody. And, um, you guys next week, uh, I am having it next week is the one year anniversary of the podcast. So it'll be, it was one year ago next week when we started it. And if you look at the dates on the first podcast, you'll see that it's May 6th. But really, there was a April. There was a little mix-up. So the May sixth one was the second podcast, and it it's labeled number one, um, just for numbering reasons. And then number two was actually our number one podcast. But I did it as a I out exported it not as an MP3 and as an as a AAC um, for Apple, and it just it was only uploading to. Uh, Apple Podcasts, so it wasn't it wasn't distributing to all the others. So um, I had to go back and export it as an MP3. Again, obviously that was a learning curve. It was my first podcast, um, but yeah. So next week is actually the one year anniversary. It will be episode number fifty four, and I'm super stoked to have Jason uh, T from Michigan, my home state, Grand Rapids. Um, back on the show, just him and I, um, I've got a few things that, uh, well, I don't want to give anything away. So I'm, I'm still trying to write the, write the, um, flow of, of next week so that it's fun. And so that, um, you know, Jason and I can chat a little bit and hopefully he'll give me some, <laughs> some uh, freebie quick, uh, uh, help with, um, 
maybe a couple things on, on audio uh, that I can do without putting in a ton of money um, because, you know, I've put in what I've put in. And, uh, um, you know, for the most part, the podcast, if it's just me, it goes great. If it's bringing in other people, it's a learning curve constantly for me. Um, but that's okay. I think that we've come out of this uh, pretty unscathed. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited to have him on the podcast again next week. And uh, that's all for this week, you guys. Hopefully you got something out of that. If you want to post some questions, comments, or concerns, um, the web link uh, will be posted on social media. And hopefully some of the guests today will share it on their social pages so that you can comment. Um, if, you, if you go to uberliftdrivers.com and you when, when we post this uh, Rideshare Rodeo episode number 53 on there and you see it, um, you know, if you're listening to it on through the website and you want to leave some comments at the bottom and you have a directed question at somebody, if you could just, uh, you know, put at, you know, Ron or at uh, Jason Michigan or or however you know him or whatever, Jason T. Um, so however you want to do that, if there's a specific question towards one of these people or one of these markets or a general question for the group, um, please uh, get on and ask some questions. And, um, yeah, uh, thank you again, everybody, for being on. Um, you know, a little cluster in the beginning, but uh, we got through it. And, uh, at, you know, we were seven guests tonight, and I think it held up pretty well. Um, but Jason... Uh, from Michigan, Grand Rapids, Gig Economy Podcast. Uh, this week is not a Gig Economy Podcast Wednesday. He, he is a, a bi-weekly, uh, bi and so next week he'll be on the podcast. Uh, he'll be on our year anniversary podcast on Tuesday, and then Gig Economy Podcast um is live on that next night, Wednesday, and then every two weeks. So again, you know, earmark that, um, check his podcast out. It's a, it's a great thing. Check, uh, Jason, uh, P's, uh, YouTube channel, uh, drive to win 13 out. Um, he's got a lot of good content up on there. Um, check out entrecourier.com. That's Ron here in Denver with me. Um, and check out, uh, David Pickerell at withpara.com. Um, see if you can get an invite to join one of the, uh, delivery groups, uh, for your, uh, your market. And, um, let's see what else, uh, lifting with Larry. Um, always good content up on there. I see, you know, oddly, I think I see, Lifting with Larry. I think I see him post a lot of stuff on Instagram. So looking forward to his podcast coming back. Um, but also because uh, he did a unique podcast where he was actually, um, you know, when we had him on, we talked about this, but I didn't talk about this at all tonight. He was actually uh, bringing on passengers, which none of us who do podcasts about gig economy and rideshare, we really, I don't know of any others who maybe once they did or something, but it's, it's nobody that I know has gone out and done that specifically. And he did, and it was, it's really cool. So I'm looking forward to him, uh, jumping back in the saddle. Um, John Wilkerson wasn't able to make it, but rideupstate.com. And he's got a YouTube channel as well. Um, you can get to there through his website and, uh, um, 
let's see, the Jasons, Ron, David, uh, Larry, uh, I think we got them. And so, uh, thanks again, everybody for joining us. Um, and, uh, if you're, if you're just listening to the podcast now, not live, please post your questions on the website. Even if you're listening through a different app or something, if you're listening through breaker or, Avast or uh, CastBox or Apple or Google Play or iHeart uh, Radio or <laughs> Amazon or um, what, whatever app player you use. If after you listen to the podcast this one time with all these guests, if you have a question for anybody, go to UberLiftDrivers.com and find uh, podcast, the post for podcast 53. And, uh, you'll see that, um, you can post on there some questions directly at any or all of us. All right, guys. Thanks. Um, thanks for bearing with me and, uh, we'll see you back here next week for the year anniversary of the ride share rodeo. Y'all be good. And, uh, see you back here next week. Peace.